All right. Well, I hope you all had your coffee this morning because I'll tell you, I feel like I'm going about 97 miles an hour and um, my feet haven't even caught up with my mouth, which seems to be an everyday thing, right? Uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 and then put a finger over in Matthew 11. Luke chapter 4. And then Matthew 11. There seems to be a progression between last week's message, this message, and then when I preach next, well not, which will be in two weeks, um, this next week Pastor Neil will be sharing. But almost, I could almost put it in a series and title it The Lord's Prayer which is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, basically, right? Last week, the message was, who is the strong man? And it was uh, to remember that there's only one strong kingdom. The other kingdom bows to the strong kingdom. His kingdom rules. His kingdom is stronger. And then this week, we're going to talk about his will and his way. And then in two weeks, which happens to be on Pentecost Sunday, we'll be talking about walking out heaven on earth now. And so we'll be praying for infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is the power to be his witness. And we'll actually be with this nice long sword. Um, I may or may not want to touch you with that long sword. But we'll be activating apostles. Because that's what an apostle does. An apostle takes the kingdom that they're from and replicates it or reproduces it wherever they go. That's the um, original definition of apostle. And so this whole idea of this progression, like it's a series, though, I have to admit, was not my plan. Uh, yeah, last week... I'm like, you know, oh, Lord, I know exactly what I want to do next week. I'm going to activate apostles, and we're going to go get the world, and, you know, start of summer, yeah. And he's like, no, you're going to wait. I'm like, that don't make sense. Why would I wait? And then he dropped this message into me, and I'm like, oh, okay, so that's kind of cool if we talk about your will, but, you know, we've kind of talked about your will before, and. And then he said, yeah, and then the next one will be, and then he laid out the whole, you know, the Lord's Prayer there, and I'm like, hey, that's good. <laughs> you know, I could have kept it a secret, and you'd just think I was that good, but I'm not. Let's just be honest, I'll confess now. Um, but I love it. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We're going to talk about the title of today's message is His Will, His Way. And then, like I said, in two weeks on Pentecost Sunday, we'll talk about walking out heaven. <laughs> On earth now. So in your Bible, Luke chapter 4, we'll look at first, but just allow me to read a couple scriptures to help set the context of his will, or, or more specifically, his will for us. So John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In John 3, 34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And then in John 10, 10, Jesus says, Don't forget, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And then in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 16, it says, Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Which means he went to church every Sunday. 
just in case you wanted to know if it's important. Well, if you're all here, you know it's important, right? You might want to circle that one so that the next person that comes to you and says, well, I do church at home, you can show them, really? Jesus didn't even do that. Anyway, don't be that way, though. Mercy, mercy on them. Love it. Say it in love. Okay, anyway, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. And so Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, dropped the mic, and sat down. That's it. That's why I came. That's his will. That's his work for me, Jesus said. And then later on, he said, as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. To do what? Exactly what he was doing. Exactly. So his will, let me summarize. His will. Because God so loved the world. Now, did he love it and now he doesn't love it? Okay, y'all got to wake up now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, first service, I give them more grace because it's early. You should have had enough caffeine in your system by now. You can, you can, amen. It's okay to amen, okay? All right. So does, did God love the world and now he doesn't love the world? No. He so loves the world. So his will is to save the world. Save the world. That word save is that sozo word. It's called complete save or completely heal so it's not just save as in our spirit saved and our flesh is doomed to hell no save completely means physically emotionally and spiritually to save completely so because God so loves the world his will is to save the world completely he sent his son to proclaim good news, proclaim his favor, and proclaim freedom. To heal the sick, set the oppressed free, so that we may have life abundantly. That's his will. For the earth. For you. For me. For the drunkard. For the druggie. For the lost one. For the abuser. For the abused. For everyone. To save completely. To heal completely. To set all free. And we have to settle in here now, today. The difference between God's will and everything else. And you're like, well, that's so complicated. No, it's not. See, that's the problem of the church for too many years. Is that we've let this complication, this confusion, the yeah buts, come into the truth. And now we've created a gospel different than this gospel. We've changed the truth of his word to uh, half truths between our life experience and what he says, and we've created this word, this Bible, that's just not true. Now, let me say, let me clear up, and then I can go back again. Um, do you believe there's right and wrong? Yes. Anything in between? No, there's, maybe I should use my right hand. Yeah, there's right 
and there's wrong. If it's not right, it's wrong. If it's not wrong, it's right. There's right and wrong. Is there somewhere else besides heaven or hell? No. No. <laughs> now you're trying to complicate it here. That's the problem. That's what I'm trying to get you to not do is don't fall prey into this complication. And these yeah buts and all this other thing. The more you back yourself into God, keep things simple. All right? And listen, something else, you don't need to be able to explain everything. Yeah. Otherwise, faith isn't needed. Trust isn't needed. Come on, we raised our children this way. When they were little... And we said, hey, grab your stuff. Get in the car. Because I said, get in the car. Right? Well, I'm not going until you tell me where we're going. I'll go. You can grab you by the ear and I'll make you go in the car. Why? Because you don't have to explain yourself. Why? Because you're the parent. And what do you say to them all the time? Trust me. <laughs> Just trust me. I don't need to explain. Just trust me. Right? So we know this. Raising our kids... But somewhere we get in this mature stage where we think that now we need to know everything. And we need to explain everything. That's just human reasoning. And any human reasoning that exalts itself above trust, faith, truth of God changes it and twists it and brings it down, creates a God then in your own image. And how small of a God is that that can be explained? Who wants to serve a God who can be explained? Oh, I know all about him. Oh, I know that. I know that. Yeah. You know, who is that? How can you trust your, your unknown to someone who, well, you know all about him? Keep it simple. There's right and there's wrong. There's heaven, there's hell. There's God's will and not God's will. I know I always get, you know, you just put everything in sin category and sometimes it's just missing the mark. What, what, what's missing the mark? Sin. You know? Well, you can't call it sin. What if it's not sin? then it's not sin. Well, you can't say everything's sin. I don't have to. Well, is... I get this one all the time. Oh, Lord, help me. I didn't want to go here. Drinking's not a sin. Unless I get drunk. Okay. Well, I can do one line of Coke and be pretty good. <laughs> And not be wasted. So now is one line okay? Right. You know? I used to be an alcoholic. So, yeah, for me, one sip, not okay. Alcohol in my house? Oh, heck no. Mm-mm. I don't even like to walk by the bottle return and smell the junk. Right. Why? Because for me, that's on that side of that bloodline, and I'm not going anywhere near it. I used to be, you know, the whole druggie and all that kind of stuff. Anything that was that side of the bloodline, I don't want anything that looks like that side of my life with Jesus. Nothing. So if you want to get into a debate on heaven or hell and what's right and what's wrong and what's sin and what's not, talk to the bloodline. Because if you were once over here, and you gave your life to the Lord and surrendered everything to him. And you stepped over the bloodline and he said, all oh, the old man is dead now. And this is the new man created new in Christ. And you're heading this way. Why would I want to turn around and go, oh, I just want to sip some of that once in a while. Why would I want to do that? 
Now, the minute you step over the bloodline, are you going to walk in perfect holiness, smelling roses all the time? No. No, but it's not your struggle anymore. It's not your struggle anymore. It's not your captor anymore. It's not the king in your life anymore. You're walking it out and proclaiming. I mean, here, here's an easy one. I'm on this side of the bloodline. I give my heart and soul to the Lord completely all. You have it all. I've got a, I've got a pain in my back. I don't, but let's just say I did. I've got pain. I mean, it's been suffering. I've been suffering for that with that for 38 years. Where I step over the bloodline. I don't. Wait a minute. I still feel the pain. Oh, I must not be saved. It's horrible. I'm a sinner. I'm horrible. And now I go the rest of my life thinking that I'm less than because of my body saying something different than his truth. No, but see, that's what we've done. We get into situations where we see something different than what his word says. And so in order to feel good or explain it, we create a belief that's not true. It, a, I want to say a pseudo truth. It sounds real good. <laughs> Sounds real good because that's what the devil likes doing. He likes taking a little bit of truth and twisting it. I mean, come on, people. When he tempted the word, Jesus said, the Bible calls him the word of God who came, became flesh. When he used the Bible against the word, well, the word said, you don't think he's going to use that against you? So it will sound pretty... Well, the Lord's put this pain in my back to keep me bowing before him so I stay humble. Kind of sounds good, don't it? Well, I can be pretty prideful, so he just gives me this, you know, pain to keep me humble. Now, keep it simple. Back to the truth. Did, if you're going back to the bloodline, did Jesus die on the cross for complete healing? Yes. So at the cross, your complete healing was purchased, right? Yes. Remember, keep it simple. So is it okay for sickness to exist on this side of the cross? No. No. But my but, 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 but take it back to the line. Yes, it can exist here. And sometimes life will scream things that say, not true! Something's wrong! But we have to lay down our right to understand everything. <laughs> Explain everything. Because too often we sacrifice on the altar of human reasoning God's truth. We're like, well, if we can't explain it, then... You know, it must not be true. Or maybe it's only true for, you know, some really good Christians and, and us lower Christians just kind of got to suffer. You know, that's not true either. We have to settle now. No, no, K-N-O-W. Know now what his will is. So that when life says something or appears to say something differently, you still stand on his word, his truth. Your word says, yeah, but your body's saying, I don't care. His word says, I have been healed. I am healed. I am free. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. Doesn't matter. Listen. There has to remain that, that tension, that, that beautiful balance of what we know and sometimes what we see or sometimes what we feel. There's that tension where it doesn't line up. It's called life. <laughs> That's where our strength grows. That's where... Um, our character is established. That's where we're strengthened in our resolve that 
he says. I do because he says. Even if. Even when. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Right? What, you mean I have to walk through death? Yes. Sometimes it will feel like death. Sometimes it will smell like death. But I will continue to keep walking. Because this mystery unexplained moments keeps us trusting him. I love it when somebody comes to me and says, do you know, you know, I've told you this before. Why did this happen? <coughs> I'm okay with shrugging my shoulders. I have no idea. You know, why is it that I, I can pray for a dozen people and see them healed instantly and come to one and nothing happens? Why is it that I can see people constantly delivered from all addictions instantly, yet have a child that's still struggling with addiction? Yet I preach to them and pray for them all the time. How is it that I can pray for somebody that's in a wheelchair, see them stand up, pick up their wheelchair, and walk out of the place, and yet... Pray and, and sweat and cry tears over a grandchild that's suffering with the flu and see nothing. Yeah. I can't allow what I know to be true. Bow just because I need an explanation. Why? Too many good people have went down the wrong path because they stood in opposition to what they couldn't explain and demanded, I'm not moving until I know why. And it shipwrecked their faith. There's got to be that beautiful balance of Yes, 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 seeing God's will. Yes, yes, yes. I uh, don't know what happened there. But I'm not going to change what I know is truth. God healed all. God sets all free. God's love is love completely for all. He wants to save all. His will is for all to be saved. But what? I don't know. Pretty simple. Here it is. Here's another test for you. What's God's will? What's not God's will? Okay? You want to make it real simple? God's will, the devil's will. Right? Is there anything else? No. Remember, keep it simple. God's will, the devil's will. Why do I keep doing this as God's side? I don't know. This is always, a, I don't know. Because is it right? Oh, because that's right for you. See, God's smarter than me. God's will. He died for all. Purchased healing for all. Jesus demonstrated all were healed. All were set free. All are forgiven. All that Jesus died for was completed and finished at the cross. His victory over sin and death at the cross, at the resurrection, was for not just his victory, but for our victory over sin, over death. His, he is life, he is love, he is forgiving, he is faithful, he cannot lie, he will do what he says he will do. He restores, he makes all things new. God is good, God is life. So the devil would be all the opposite of that, right? Pretty simple. So if God is life, the devil is? Oh, you're so smart. I see the caffeine's kicking in now. He's the opposite of all God is. Real simple. 
So, and his mission is even laid out for us. I read it in John 10, 10. His mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. So if God is life, the devil is death. If Jesus came to give us abundance, the devil is the devourer. If God wants us to be givers, the devil wants us to hoard and keep for ourselves. Why? Because he's a thief. And actually, Malachi says that if you withhold from God, you're a thief. You're stealing. You're robbing from God. That's his mission, right? Yeah. If Jesus gives us Freedom from the old man. The devil wants you to think that you're still bound to the old man. Well, that's just who I am. It's how my family is. I've always been like that. Then you have not crossed the bloodline. Because that old man has to die. The devil twists every word of God to make you question is that what God really said? He will always use the word. Because, how did Pastor Neil put this one time? Hmm. He floats a lie by flooding you with the truth. We're not that dumb. So it has to be hidden. It's kind of like giving your dog a pill. What do you have to do with it? You have to hide it in a wad of cheese or peanut butter or something, right? devil does the same thing with you. And you're swallowing these lies like there's no tomorrow because you like the taste of peanut butter. It sounds good. It tastes good. But when you start talking it out, it's like, wait a minute. That's not true. How can sickness be okay over here if he purchased complete healing over there? It's not okay here. Actually, Jesus said, here's the key to the kingdom right now. If it's not allowed in heaven, if you can't see it allowed in heaven, it cannot be allowed this side of the bloodline on earth now. Right now. Here's one that's attacked our family recently. None of them are in here, are they? Oh, Tyler, okay. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. You're still part of our family, Carrie. I just try not to tell on you too much. The boys have had this nice hacking cough this last week or so. And they're like, hey, I'm going to give it to you. I'm like, oh, that's nice to profess, you know. And I said, I'm sorry, but that cough's got to bow at my feet. But it's just a common cold. It's just a common cold. You need to stay away from those. You know, they're germs and stay away from them because you might catch them. Do you want to catch it? Is it allowed on this side? Oh, but it's common cold. It's a common flu. Yeah, on that side of the cross, it might be common. And you might be successful to I hate that word. Susceptible to it. There it is. But Jesus' blood in you on this side and over you, is it common? Is it okay? Should it be allowed? So what do you do when you're on this side of the bloodline and you start hacking up a lung? Yeah, keep speaking to it. Why? Because it was purchased. Your healing was purchased back there. But I'm, my body's saying I'm sick here. Well, don't lie about it. Because now you should be back there if you're lying about it, right? Liars shouldn't be on this side. But just don't give it authority over you. But my body's sick, so tell it to get back there. I plead the blood over that. You still coughing back there, buddy? <laughs> I told him you're healed in Jesus' name, but my body don't know you. Then keep telling it that. 
You don't just roll over and say, I must be a horrible sinner because I'm coughing. No, don't get sucked into that. Because that's the enemy trying to condemn you. See, you're sick. You're, I know, and you've oh, got this sickness because you're a sinner. You're a horrible, filthy, rotten person. If you're hearing any of those things, is that God on this side? No. Tell him to get back down under your feet, too. Just don't. You don't have to allow it. That's what I'm trying to. You remember? Bloodline, what's okay over here should not be okay over here. Okay? If it's over here, it just hasn't walked back underneath your feet there. Don't give a place. Don't give permission. Don't tell it it's okay. So I'm trying to get you to understand. Just because your body's saying something different. Just because your eyes are seeing something different. Just because the baby's laying there still with the flu sick. I don't need to change what I believe. I don't need to change the word of God. I don't need to change the truth to bow to my circumstance. Yeah. Because when I do that, now I've grayed out the line, the bloodline, to this, well, it, he, bows to my circumstances. Mm. And that's not okay. His will, his will, and his way. Pretty simple. Remember, the devil is the author of confusion. If it's not simple, it's probably not God. <laughs> It took 600 rules to try to keep 10 simple commandments. God says, I mean, come on. For the world, just don't do these 10 things. Pretty simple. I mean, come on. Parents, we like to, and we can put a list of you. You need to, in my house, you're going to do these. Right? He narrowed the entire world down to top 10. And we had to confuse that with 600 plus rules to keep the 10. So if it's confusing, it's not God. Simple. Oh my goodness, I'm just getting into this. Don't lose faith or try to explain what might have went wrong when you have these moments, I'll call it moments of mystery, where you just can't explain it. I don't know why. I, I, don't, I don't know. Be okay. I don't know, but I trust him. I don't know, but I trust him. Like I've told you a thousand times, I can't stand, I can't stand seeing babies die. I can't stand burying a baby in my family. Your family, it doesn't matter. I can't stand it. Why would God allow something like that to happen? Yeah, you, you can. I can spend all day in another message, you know, all by itself, that it was not God's will. Life, death. Well, it's appointed unto all men to die. I can assure you he wasn't talking to baby when he said that. <coughs> so that comes from the enemy. Steal, kill, and destroy. I can't stand it. But I will not let my life and my circumstances or things I see to change what I know is true. Think about John the Baptist, his life. In the womb, before he's even knitted together in his mother's womb, the angel was declaring to his parents, listen, he is going to be the one that will, will prepare the way for the Lord, the Savior of the world. He's raised up. You're going to be the, you're the proclaimer. You're the proclaimer. You're going to proclaim the proclaim, Lord. You're the one. Do, 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 right? You're the one. You're the one. You're the one. He's now an adult. He's proclaiming. He's saying, there's one that's coming. There's one that's coming. Get ready. There's one that's coming. And then all of a sudden he looks up when he's baptizing there in the river. Looks up. He says, behold, there's the one. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus comes into the water and he's like, you need to baptize me, John. John's like, what? Uh -huh. 
I need to be baptized by you. And he goes, no, John, come on. This is what has to be done. Do this. So he's like, okay. So in the name of the, wait a minute. What would he have said? Anyway, he baptized in your name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. See, there it is. It's okay. He baptizes Jesus. He comes up out of the water. John says he sees the heavens ripped open. The Holy Spirit descend on Jesus like a dove and remain on him. And then he heard a voice from heaven saying, this is my son. And yet in John or in uh, Luke, hello, in Matthew chapter 11, John now finds himself in prison and he sends his disciples to go ask Jesus, hey, dude, are you the one that we were waiting for? Are we supposed to be expecting somebody else? Because uh, my butt's in prison and the one that I was proclaiming was supposed to release the prisoners. And I haven't seen any release yet. And they're sharpening the guillotine right now. Are you the one? Why? Because his life was screaming something different than what he knew the will of God to be. And let me just read this to you because it says in Matthew 11, here it was, verse 2. John heard in prison what Christ was doing, sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive the sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is being preached to the poor. Notice what he didn't focus on. Remember when he read out of Isaiah the things that he's going to be doing, why he's come? It included releasing the prisoners, setting the oppressed free, right? Setting the captives free. He didn't focus on that. And then he said in verse 6, Blessed is the man who does not fall away, or some translations say um, are offended by, on account of me. Who don't fall away or are offended on account of me. What's he saying? He said, go tell John to not focus on what you don't see, focus on what you do see. Because there will be moments of mystery where you just can't explain. If this is God's will, why is this happening? Focus on what you do see. Focus on what you know is truth. Focus on what you know is God's will. Is it God's will that all will be healed? Yes. So what do you say to the one who isn't healed? You want to heal. That's it. I don't know. I'm still standing with you. I'm still praying with you. I'm still believing. Why? Because all are healed in the name of Jesus. He purchased all. All. Purchased all. All healing. All freedom. All deliverance. All death must bow. So anything less is that. But focus on. Jesus said focus on what you do see and what you do hear. Focus. So don't allow yourself to bow human reasoning or explanations twisting the word of God to fit your circumstance and here it is you guys better come up now worship team you guys better come up now I'm going to wrap up real quick because we've got a huge altar call and I don't want anybody leaving Jody is the big guy in the back that will keep you from exiting those doors okay <laughs> You got it, Jody. He says, I got your back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right there. Because there is 
you're going to see people delivered, set free, healed. The ones that have been sick for 38 some years, like the, like the man at the pool that have been, you know, saved for, you know, a hundred years. I've been a Christian with this sickness that you're going to see that just end today. Because the truth will set you free. And so we, we now know his will, right? We know his will. His will and his way. So what do you do in those moments of mystery? Three things. His way. His way is to pray, praise, and patience. Oh, don't we hate that word. Pray, praise, patience. Pray. The Bible tells us pray at all times. Pray at all times. When do we pray? At all times. Pray at all times. What do we pray? I don't know what to pray. Pray His will. Keep it simple. What's His will? That all are healed. That He saved completely the entire world. Why do I feel like it's getting really dark? Jesus is light, so the devil is dark. I am in the light. Oh, it's the ambiance. Okay. Focusing our attention. Pray. Pray His will. Pray His will. God, I know you love all. God, I know you want to save all. God, I know you want to heal all. God, you're going to set everyone for... Come on. Pray His will. Pray His will. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Keep it simple. Pray His will. Two, praise. 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 Listen, I'm going to show you two, two truths that stood out to me this week. The first one, you want to know how to guard your heart, guard your mind? You don't even have to do it yourself. He said, I'll guard your heart and I'll guard your mind. But this is what, that's the promise. This is what you need to do. It's found in Philippians 4, 4 through 7. He reminds us to rejoice and present our request to God with thanksgiving. That's our if part. If you do this, he said, and then his peace, his peace will guard your heart and mind. If you rejoice and present your request to God with thanksgiving, so not complaining, not, oh God, I wish I had, and I know I'm a worm, and I'm this, he said, with rejoice, Present your request with thanksgiving and then his peace will guard your heart and mind. So prayer with praise guards your heart and mind against all enemy attacks. If your heart is being attacked, if your mind is being attacked, right here it is. It's your prescription. Prayer. Pray God's will. And praise. Prayer with praise. And sometimes, well, I don't feel like praying. Do you think I feel like getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning? I'll tell you, every year I get older, I really don't feel like it. I like to sleep. That's why I don't like anybody calling me after 9, because I'm usually already sleeping in my chair. And then I'm crying to Brian by 10 o'clock. I gotta go to bed. He's like, what do you mean? You have been in bed. You've just been in your chair the last hour. I, sometimes I don't feel like singing. Sometimes I don't feel like raising my hand. Sometimes I don't feel like coming to church. Ooh. But my feelings are not my key. My feelings don't trump truth. And he says sometimes you have to actually more than not. Praise is called a sacrifice of praise. We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. A sacrifice must cost you something. So no, if you're waiting to feel it before you do it, it's not a sacrifice. And your offering is not much. Because if it didn't cost you something, it's not a sacrifice. And really, what kind of an offering is that that doesn't cost you something? So when you stand up and see the weird ones dancing 
praying and lifting their hands and sodding on the floor, I can assure you they don't feel like doing that. Because I feel like an idiot when I do that, to tell you the truth. And the only thing I hear is this big, loud, ugly voice screaming in my head. Well, what do you look like laying down there on the... What do you look... People are staring at you. Don't you dare dance. Somebody might look at you. I'm like, I'll be, become more undignified than that then. You know why? Because it's got to cost me something. If it costs me my dignity, oh, well, on dignity, right? Because it's got to be a sacrifice of praise. Let me show you this. Hebrews 13:15 it says through Jesus therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise so this isn't just once a week continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise then if you look in your Bible even all these different translations it will have a little line there which means this is the definition I'm about ready to tell you the definition of what I just said the sacrifice of praise little line then goes on to say the fruit of our lips that openly profess his name the fruit of our lips that openly profess his name if you profess his name as your Lord, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, then your sacrifice of praise is the proof, the fruit that you do. So if the lips isn't fruiting it, offering that sacrifice of praise, then there's no proof. Says you'll know a tree by what? It's fruit. So if the set, if the praise isn't coming off your lips, then you ain't got the fruit. The fruit will naturally, the sacrifice of praise will naturally become the fruit of your lips. And the last one, patience. Patience, patience, patience. It's trusting God in those I don't know times. When God I don't know. Patience. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. And that's not the worry, the not the wring your hands, not the oh my, oh when. That's not patience. That's not trusting. Whenever, God. When? How long? Whenever. Well, what am I supposed to do? Pray and praise. But what if? Pray and praise. But pray and praise. Resolve to know God is good all the time. God is working on your behalf. God desires is that all are healed, all are free, all our sin was canceled at the cross. God has made us completely new through the blood, through the blood of Jesus. Completely new. Old man dead. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are new. We have to know both his will and his way so that when there's times, those moments of mystery where we don't see his will, our life is screaming something different, or the person in front of us, we're not seeing what's supposed to be his will, all we know to do is prayer and praise and wait. Prayer and praise. I know my knee will not bow to anything but his truth. So I could be hacking up a lung, but that pack can't stay. That cough can't stay. That flu can't stay. It's not allowed over here. So I'll keep taking it back to the bloodline. And that's what I want to talk about. That's how we're going to end this service is with a everyone responding to the altar call if you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or you already have you're going to come through this and we're going to lay out here let me show you something 
explain what we're going to do. I'm going to read a scripture to you. We're going to let this song soak in one time, and then we're going to start the altar ministry. So again, Jody and, well, you're going to be with me up here. But the doors are locked, so they can't get out, right? This represents the bloodline, the blood of Jesus, that he poured out for all. It's going to be laid right here. We're going to line everybody up this way. Devin and Crystal are going to stand right here. They're going to speak into your ear truth that you are healed. You have been set free. That death dies. Old man dies. All things new in Christ. So when you step over that bloodline, you are healed. You are set free. You are delivered. You are completely a new man or woman in Christ. Old things passed away. All things are new. And let me just read to you in Hebrews 10. I love this. The title over Hebrews 10 says Christ's sacrifice once and for all. Let me just read to you just an excerpt from the Hebrews 10. When Christ came into the world, he said, Jesus said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, God, but a body you prepared for me. Then I said to God, Here I am. I have come to do your will, O God. And by that will, we have been, past tense, bloodline, at that bloodline, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Would you just stand? They're going to sing this song and then I'm going to come back and we're going to walk through the blood okay? God, I give you 